was as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Kia and good and Orvin from Studio 4 in Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Did you get wet tonight, Scott, when you came in? No, no, mate. I was here early. Punctual. Not, as, punct- here? not as punctual as Ken, you know, but <laughs> pretty punctual. Yeah. We like it when our guests come in punctual early. Uh, but not tell, too early. Tell, no, but it tells you a lot about the character. Does I'm actually we're going to get into that if you if you are watching on the live feed we're very privileged to be joined by uh, Ken Diedrich who is top dog head honcho with uh, the basketball federation here in uh, in Luxembourg so um, we had a few of the players on but we're uh, we're going to hear from the the Grand Fromage this evening aren't oh, the we one that makes all the decisions from the <laughs> side the one that does a little bit of barking um, as always if you want to get in uh, comms with the show and you've got any questions players if you are watching and Ken didn't pick you last time around you can send me a whatsapp on 621525000 and I'll ask him and, and see what he says um, and yes you can get involved in the show it's the 16th of August the weather is well it's like a monsoon out there um, especially in that horrible car you, park out in front of yeah, I don't think you've been to New Zealand no, have you? Ken have you ever been out to New Zealand never been there but been to England so you, the weather should be what, what you're used to right well yeah. the weather that's been with, with that we've had the last let's say week is exactly like New Zealand in the summer you know get surrounded by a load of water it's, it's warm it's 20 what is it 23 24 degrees even even warmer but boy can it rain and that's what it's done that's why the like Kiwis always rain. win that's why the Kiwis always win down there when the Northern Hemisphere teams go down to play them in the summer because it's always lashing down, isn't it? Oh, lashing down. Well, <laughs> it can be bitter cold, I can tell you, when it comes up from the uh, from the Arctic, that's for sure. As always, we, uh, we'll start, before we dive into this interview, uh, no, what can I say? Swish. Swish into this interview, something Slide like in, that, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. There throw you go, a bit it, of basketball. Throw, throw into it. Yeah. Biff into it. Hoop into it. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah, we start off with um, on this day um, in the in the sporting world, in the history of the world. And uh, Nathan, you got a few uh, few gems in here for Mate, us. Mate, there you? was loads of those. those. You know, you know my resource, uh, Scott. But there was a lot of things happening in the sport and its history in the world today. I'm going to go all the way back to 1743 when the champion of England title holder Jack Broughton he published the rules of the ring, and that they say is the earliest boxing code. Here we go. What rules. do you think? What, yeah, the speak, rules of speak, boxing. Speak, what do you think? Speaking oh, of rules, uh, I always I love talking about documentaries and films and stuff on this. And it's only taking them six minutes yeah. tonight. <laughs> well done, Scott. I saw this one about this. Uh, I think he was Costa Rican, but basically this fella um, dipped his hand wraps in plaster. <sighs> yep. And Ouch. Yeah, and basically, you but know, still put padding over the. Top, oh yeah, but, but mate, beat the living it. beat the piss out of this guy, and they were like. Is like the guy he was beating should they're like what's going on here and then 
there's a video and the man pulls the glove off and be like, geez, you feel the weight of these? And then <laughs> yeah, he, he, he obviously, he obviously got banned from the from the sport forever and and whatever. And the, the bloke actually, I think he got damage to his eyes and stuff and never boxed again. But Ken, it just I'm, shows you, I bet it wasn't, but there weren't rules about dipping your wrappings in plaster in that set of rules. Ken, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of cheating here. Normally we just, we, we go through the, the, the sport and the history of the world today, but I'm going to ask you a question based on boxing and I'm going to be, and we, we do talk about it on the show, but I'm going to bring it right to the forefront now. Ever seen a good old ding dong on a basketball court? I mean, a good old, not, not just pushing and shoving, not handbags, proper, proper ding dong. For sure. I mean, do you remember the malice at the palace in Detroit? Oh, great documentary. <laughs> now who's yeah, the one talking about films and yeah, stuff? There huh? we go. Yeah. Well done. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. If you haven't watched it, one. get it on. It's on Netflix. That's where they're all wading into the thing. Absolutely right. brilliant. Okay, what about yourself? You're probably, well, you're just shy taller than uh, myself. You're a head taller. What are you, what are you in centimetres? 185. 185. Okay, you're shy. I'm, 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 I'd give to be 185. 181. Scott down over here. 176. He's, he's 176. 176. <laughs> but would you do, let, let's say the big boys here start kicking off unnecessarily in, in, in Luxembourg. You know, you know, I mean, who's probably your tallest guy? Oh, ben. Ben's not that tall, but who's probably one of your big Clancy, ones? Probably Clancy. Luke. Cla- Clancy and Luke, exactly. So those boys that start pushing and shoving, and it's out of order, but even the other team out, would you, would you jump in there and split it split up or you stick to your sideline of course I would jump yeah. in there and ready to brawl yeah, yes. you'd, you'd put your jukes yeah. up would you give it, give grab it the leg you know? bagger. Yeah, grab it grab it and hold on like in semi-pro huh? well listen if Scott and I are up there you whistle up we'll be up on the top row up there supporting yeah. as we always will and we'll come down and we'll come in we'll as long as we get, keep getting looked after in VIP we'll be down after a couple of beers <laughs> he might we? be munching on we the nibble a, a rugby player down there on the court then you know we've got to sprint down <laughs> some people watch from afar I would be one of those okay alright I'm going to come back to sport and the history of the world today in 1981 was the highest score in a World Cup soccer match good old New Zealand they got 13 the unlucky 13 Fiji nul point zip yep zip that happened in 1981 in 1992 British Williams driver Nigel Manson he finished second in the Hungarian Grand Prix it's the uh, Hungarian ring isn't it and uh, that was actually he clinched his first world title in uh, 1992 2003 Cristiano Ronaldo 18 he made his debut for Manchester United you know what number he took seven seven off who else who else was a seven David Beckham who else is a seven at Manchester United Best was he? Was he a seven? George Best a seven. That's a good question, actually. How many sevens can you know? If you're listening to the show six two one fifty two five thousand, tell us how many sevens you know for that Manchester. Manchester who's, who's wearing seven at the moment? Gocho, Gocho is it the guy played Gocho? Don't follow Man you don't follow, Who's, who's wearing seven for Mass- West Ham? Uh, ooh, for your West Ham fan, don't know, don't know, don't know. I know eight. Um, go on. What else have we got? Two thousand and eight. Well, then 2008 was obviously the Olympics, so we, uh, we're going to talk Beijing, about... Beijing, wasn't it? Exactly. We're going to talk about American swimmer Michael Phelps. Now, he won the seventh of his eight gold, gold medals at Beijing when he won the 100-metre butterfly and Olympic record. You're going to repeat the stat that you told me on Sunday, I think. How many medals? 23. Did Michael Phelps win 23, 23 golds. gold medals? Savage. Yeah. Absolutely savage. We always talk about what's the best thing you've ever seen in sport, and this next one... Uh, Usain Bolt when he obviously broke the world record but when he did that but he got to like 70 metres and was like this that's got to be got to be that's it was like a, top. Yeah. Like a plane coming into yeah. land he, had to, he, he had, had to slow, slow down, down otherwise he's going to run through the stadium <laughs> or something get yeah. to the 200 um, but that that's something that yeah, I think if you uh, ultimately being sport mad as all three of us are what the 100 metres is 
is right up there. You know, seeing boys who can actually really shift, but that's that'd be top top shelf for me. What about yourself, Ken? The Olympics for sure, the 100 meters, and then for me also the basketball is always a, a big event. It's going to be Olympics. a big interest with the, yeah with the NBA guys. It's always a big. They have the big stage. I'm going to throw you under the bus again, Ken. If there's one sport in the Olympics that you wouldn't want to do, what would you opt for? Break dancing, diving, synchronized swimming. Oh, the tall one. I can do all right in synchronized swimming there, Ken. <laughs> Rather, than, I'm afraid of heights, so yeah. I wouldn't want to jump from. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'd be, I'd be kicking you off the board first. I wouldn't so, want to be. So we could synchronize swim better. Than yeah, jump <laughs> off the tower. Or synchronize <laughs> sink, huh? We both look 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 similar anyway. Just need the same shirt on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, happy birthday! This is a good one actually. Will Zalatoris, uh, American golfer, uh, runners up in the U.S. Masters, U.S. Open, and the PGA Championship. Significance of this? Have you seen it? You must have seen Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler. Of course. Yeah. 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 He looks like him. <laughs> no, he was on the film, wasn't he? He wasn't Happy Gilmore. He was the caddy. the caddy. I thought that was a wind-up. Was he actually no, the caddy he, in that in the film? film? He was the he was the he was the caddy. There you go. That's um, that's pub. Uh, uh, yeah, runner-up Masters 2021 US Open PGA Championships 2022. I don't know how he's going at the moment. I have to have a week we, we fact check on me. Um, as you, uh, if you're just joining us, we're uh, luckily to have been uh, joined by Ken Diedrich tonight, who is uh, head coach of the men's basketball team. So we're going to discuss his journey. Now, normally, I would like to say that this interview if you like would go on some follow some sort of chronological order but that'll go right out the window With Scott and we will, Nathan doesn't happen, yeah man. yeah we will just jump around <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I mean, see how we go and we, we Nathan and I always tell our guests not to come in too early because if you could film the first 20 minutes beforehand and then afterwards as well it's often the uh, the best bit but Ken um I guess we'll start um now so you're your head of the head coach when did you take up that role well, um, I started uh, the head coaching job of the national team in 2021, but I was the under-20 coach before that. So I was kind of built up. I had three years, I coached the under-20, and then I was moved up to the head coach for the for the men. So, And were you were you, were you you coaching at a club and doing the under-20s or just doing the under-20s? No, exactly. I was always, uh, I coached uh, Steinzel, Amikal Steinzel, for six years, and then I coached T71. So I've uh, coached these teams for eight years. Yeah. And I did um, national team coach and Steinzel for five years, and the same for Dudelange for two years so I did both and now I just shifted to just being the national team coach yeah to say you got a good relationship with a lot of the boys particularly now you would have seen I'm sure you would have seen them grow up and come into the mold yeah for sure I think they like me a lot more when they play a lot but if they don't play it's a bit bit more difficult but they do understand the role so I mean we always say uh, sports coaching is the worst job in the world because most of the time you go in the front door and out the back door you know Um, but you just before we get into the coaching what about your playing career because you played a lot in Luxembourg as well yeah, I started playing um, in Dudelange. Uh, oh, it's, been, it's been a while, so I was in the mid-90s, early 90s, and then I switched to Cantern, AB Cantern. I played there for 15 years. 15 years? 15. Gee whiz. Yeah, and then I finished my career off in, in Ash. So I played for, once I played 18 or 19 years, uh, first league here, yeah. Very and, good. And, and did you play for the national team? Yeah, yourself, I play, is it, is yeah, I played for the national team for quite for quite a while. Um, not as much as I should because I was. I don't think we did a good job back then of, uh, yeah, of um, organizing our national team teams and how we traveled and how we um, who played or didn't. So it was it was more difficult back in the days to say the least. And I think that I had a, a great view of what what can be done better. So um, I think that helped me a lot. I think that's the key thing, isn't it? You're in a a very I guess, privileged position where you saw it when it was 
different and you make the changes of how help, you would help, like to see it, evolve, you it? know, and ultimately, it, it, hopefully it will continue to evolve. Now, you guys are obviously going quite well at the moment because we've been, we were lucky enough to be invited down to the last two home games against Croatia, which ended up pretty close in the end up and then Ireland, which, which didn't go our way. But even chatting to some of the fans down there, they were saying, you know, to get 1800 people down into the gym is crazy because a couple of years ago, they were saying you were lucky if you got a hundred, a hundred people down in the gym. Yeah, that was the mission. Like when I started in 2016, you know, we played Macedonia, Hungary, and we had 450 people at the gym and against those massive teams. And um, we improved our results. We improved our our teams. We were playing better basketball. And now we're up to a soldier gym in August, which is, in my opinion, uh, a great, uh, big deal for Luxembourgish basketball. Yeah, I mean, you, we just we're just saying a little bit earlier before the show, you, we filled it with eighteen hundred. We filled it with eighteen hundred spectators watching watching that game, and that was that was early August. And we've talk, said it said it all before. There's two things that Luxembourg likes to do. Is probably we talked. You said national sports uh, football. Well, I'd, I'd debate that. National sports going on vacation <laughs> and eating out at restaurants. Yeah, exactly. So it was an evening game <laughs> in August. They were on vacation and they were eating at restaurants, and you filled the stadium. So I think fair play to to the history of getting that getting the team up to the to to, to the level that they are up now, up to now. But also clearly, you, there's some there's some right right resources in the channels, right administrators in the channel that are, that are doing a good job. Yeah, we came a long way for sure and I think that it's, there's a lot more positive aspects than negative. I think that we've we've done a great job with our new president, with all the people working at the Federation. I think we've been doing great but us Luxembourgers, we have a very negative approach to a lot of things and I think we should be a lot more positive about what we've done in the last uh, six, seven, eight years. I mean, I think that's the one of the big benefits of playing sport is yeah, it's great to play sport in your in your own area if you like, but you ultimately get your eyes opened when you you cross over the fence and go and see that you know maybe there's someone better than you to play against or a team to play against or a different setup and it's just these these wider experiences when you're growing up which ultimately make you that's all we do as coaches, isn't it? We steal little bits and be like, I'll take that bit, I'll take that bit. Hundred percent. I think that uh, for us to to play uh, the likes of Croatia, of uh, of Ireland, even even we played Denmark, we got Norway, all those teams. You know, those are great great games for us. And we we are small countries, so we play Ireland. I talked to the coach. They have six million people. They they also they have Northern Irish people as well. So this is about eight million eight million people. We have three hundred fifty thousand Luxembourg passports in this country. So I do think that we're doing really well, and um, I think that we have um, we have a great future. As I said, this this isn't following any sort of chronological order here. But when you're, I mean, you're putting together this team, and you so when you would announce your squad for an upcoming set of matches, how many how many players can you pick in that? I can pick up to 25, but okay. it makes it more difficult for me, so I'd rather go with 14 or 15, so i got to make about two or three cuts at the end, Yeah, and I select the players also, you know, depending on the opponent, so on size, on quickness, on shooting, so all that stuff is considered, and then I have a pool of, yeah, about 25 players right now, where I picked the, the 12th best at the end. Do you do that on your Todd? Yeah. That's a good you on, your, on, your on, your own, own. on your own. On your own. Yeah, of course. I'm the head coach. I'm the head of basketball, so I'll do it on no, my but, own. But in many, in, in many other sports, you know, like the, the coach is, is involved. You, we look at um, rugby, for example. You mm. know, and New Zealand rugby. I'm talking about here, Scott. You, you have Fozzie in, in, in there, but he's got a, he's got like three or four other guys that work almost on the coaching team they're not well they are in the coaching team oh. who are selecting and collectively they share ideas or they're getting lots of I information mean, yeah. no we have a coaching staff of course they have my assistant coach Danny Storm on his creation yes. I have Peter Rodeboer who is also my so we have a bunch of people you know uh, we are we're chatting a lot but at the end of the day it's my decision yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm picking and I'm 
obviously listening to my to my coaching staff because I'm only as good as my coaching staff. Is that the people around you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. With um, with with when, again going back to this sort of squad, are you? I mean. Is it stats based, or did you go and watch these guys? Watch them how they train, how they conduct themselves. What sort of things are you looking for if you if you're trying to bring maybe a newcomer in into the? Because you've probably got, I think it's fair to say you've got sort of a quite a set bunch now. You've you if I asked you to pick your team right. now, it's going to be quite similar for the, a, a period, right. isn't it? I can I can give you nine nine players that are always going to be part of the team because they just established to have the experience they're professionals we have four professionals they obviously always uh, come to the net on this, unless they're injured they, they play for me but then the last three or four could always be a decision based on performances of uh, opponent and uh, maybe also my gut feeling so if I have the gut feeling also decides uh, who to bring in I'm not gonna if I coach I just go by feeling a lot of time seeing how the game goes so I'm try to bring guys in yeah. Do you get marked? Do you get pestered if you go down to watch games? Do they all come up and talk to you uh, during the game, or do you just like to just sit sit quietly and just take it all? Yeah, in? it's funny because I have a friend of uh, who's a football coach, and he told me, "How do you do it? And how do you have a drink after the games?" Because everybody comes up to you and wants to give you their opinion. But that's part of the gig. I think that's also that's I got a I'm a more of a people's guy. I think yeah. I can I got to listen and I got a pinch of salt, isn't it? You know, you wait till that next game. We see him sitting yeah. in the corner, mate. We're gonna I'm gonna with grab the hat, a ball and the throw one like between this, sort of hidden, trying to <laughs> trying to watch what's going on. Um, again, it's it's quite interesting because you um you talk about trying to pick the right people to play to you know buy into your your culture or what your what your coaching ethos is well I mean what would your be your big thing as a coach be you know is it is it standards clearly being punctual is one of them as we can see you it know? is it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> I've uh, I've sent players home when they weren't punctual so I like my players to be there 50 minutes before practice if not they gotta go they gotta go you know so just the way it is I think punctuality respect is definitely one thing that I like but also the freedom of making your own decisions so it's uh goes both ways but um if i would describe our national team it's we have a big family it's like the culture is that we we want to represent luxembourg and we have ambitions like before i was the coach i felt like luxembourg we were like a, a punching bag you know like people would just come in and you know let's take this trip and get beat but right now we have ambitions that shows that we are disappointed to get beat by ireland that uh, i think that shows how how far, how far we came along and uh, how competitive we are and i think that as luxembourg decides um, of course, we're a small country, but uh, I want to compete. I want to win, and if we have a chance to knock off Croatia, you know, we I want to do it. Well, you gave it. A, you, you gave it a bloody good go there. They, yeah. That's a certain. Yes, they. You know, just in the warm up, we we could. I said to them, look, you just see the size. They were they were they were bigger than we were. They were they were you say st- stronger. And you thought, oh, we we you know we might be under the cosh. But in the end, what was it? We 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 only lost by eight, by nine, eight, maybe. Yeah. No, it ended so, up being ten points. But like I said, you know, we had them on the on the verge of of of, of, of crashing of you know of beating them and um, I thought that was a great achievement but um, you know I want to win the game we, at the end of the day we lost the game it's, it's funny because we it's we, we, we spoke uh, just before we came on air about how um, they they obviously they, they dragged it out and they, they got ahead by quite a bit and then brought it back and one of their guys had the two free throws the crowd got on his case he missed you guys went down had the shot and all you know it's almost like a like a four or five point swing can, yeah, yeah we loved it we loved brilliant. it obviously we were contributing you know um, <laughs> but um, that's that sort of mentality side of things and I, I don't know whether it's it's something I've noticed but like Nathan you know 
whatever sport we're playing, you know, if you're playing squash or I'm playing rugby, I love it when it gets a bit niggly and it gets competitive. That's what I love. It doesn't matter what standard you're playing no, you, it. It's that. You, can't tra- you, you almost can't train. No, it Because even in, even in training, you don't get the niggle. You get you get a little bit more, f- yeah. f- f- you know, you could have a, a, closed, a closed game, but it's still not going to be mm. quite as heat as that, that moment yeah. where you get someone, you know, even given a little bit from the crowd as well. It's... Uh, yeah, we, we, we like it. Yeah, sure. a, bit, a bit of chirps <laughs> bit and of stuff. But, but what I'm trying to get at is, like, hopefully you guys will learn that, you know, you you put yourself, not necessarily in a position to win that game, but certainly to get back. And it's one of those things, you know, two minutes to go, that's a long, long time, you know. Basketball, for sure. I think that uh, that Croatia game put us in a position to win uh, in Ireland, you know, which we should have done, in my opinion. I told you, we, we were chatting before the, before the show, that in my opinion, we were the better team. But just that push from the Croatia game gave us uh, the energy to, um, yeah, to, to play well in uh, in Dublin. And um, I do think that we, like you said before, we had, I'm um, looked just before I came, looked at our games uh, of the last six, seven years, and we probably lost six, seven games just because we weren't ready to win at the end. And that's the one thing we, we got to do better. I mean, it's. Um, I, I call it the Manchester, um, the Manchester United attitude, right? You, some, you'd even probably say the All Blacks. You know, when you when it gets seventy minutes in in, in relation to rugby, you, you, you're gonna, yeah. you, you, you just know I, they're gonna score, I, and that's I've, an attitude. I've, I've, I've spoken to you about this before, Nathan. But there was a there was a guy, uh, a legend for the All Blacks, Richie McCaw. He played like nearly 150 times, and yeah, he's, he's, and he's, you talk rugby, you say his name, and he's a legend. And he was asked in an interview, "Where do you get this? You know." this belief that you're always going to win. And he goes, to be honest, his first real experience of this was when he was playing as like under 21s and he was playing with the the Canterbury Crusaders and there was a captain, a guy called Todd Blackadder. Again, he was an All Blacks. And yeah, basically, sounds, the, sounds really uh, yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ethan, Ethan Blackadder, isn't it? it? Yeah. And basically got all the boys in and they were losing um, and they just scored again. Um, and he was like, oh, what are they going to say? Are we going to just keep going? He just went... We're going to win this. And one of the guys was like, how do you know that? He goes, because they're going to feel the pressure too and we're going to turn up the heat. And it's just like that. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And bang, there you go. And he says, yeah, off they went and they won. And how many times, especially when that, that AB's team was going through that golden period, um, did you see them? When it, when, it, when it came down to it, they could play rubbish for... 70 minutes. 79 minutes. But that last minute, they're in the game. Bang, just give us a sniff and we're going right. to score. But that comes from that, you know, that culture from... From from all the age groups and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, but in particular that Can- that Canterbury outfit. I mean, they've been champions for a, for a long, long forever for, for a long, long time. Um, I want to come um, come to a point. Ken, you said, there's, "Is there any questions you, uh, you that are going to be too challenging?" You said, "There's no too, no question challenging enough for me." <laughs> but how does the likes of of someone like Ben Kovac, who's who's let's say playing outside of Luxembourg what influence does he bring to the team having that experience from abroad and even Clancy Rowe coming from you know have been played in the US do they bring in a, a, I don't say an extra X factor but do they bring something else because they've had that, have that experience outside of Luxembourg yes I mean um Clancy is our best player for the last three or four years. I think that he's a great, great basketball player, great attitude. He is also someone who who can lead, not with words, but with his effort. So I think that even if he doesn't have the greatest offensive game, he's just a threat, you know, for the opposing team and he's just a great leader. Uh, ben uh, Ben plays, uh, plays in Slovakia. He just won the championship. He has a lot of potential. I think that this window... He struggled a little bit. I think that uh, he knows it himself. I think that we expect more from him, but he's one of our, our of our best players, and we expect.
expecting to be a leader as well. And he's still only 23, I believe, yeah. in 2000. So he still has ways to grow and to learn, but he's a, a big, uh, big, um, a big key for the, for success for the future, for the future, for sure. Yeah. So looking back, obviously, as you said, you know, got close against Croatia, Ireland didn't go your way. The ne- When's the next round of games? That's in February, isn't it? Is that right? We actually play in uh, November. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right. We play in February. You know better than I do. Yeah, okay. we play that's preparation, mate. Late, See, preparation. Yeah, right. Preparation, I wish is. we were playing November. <laughs> we play in February. We play in February and then we, um, we, play. we don't play again till November. So we play wow. Romania and uh, we play Norway. We play at home against Romania and then we play in Norway. And then we're off till November where we play um, a home game against Romania and we finish up in February in Norway. Wow. Yeah. Do you get the opportunity to, because th- there are some, or oh, there, there are many Americans here that are obviously not available to play for, for, for Luxembourg, but do you, are, you, are you able to field a team locally, let's say a, a national team against some of these guys? Because I know you played Mets recently, uh, Nancy, Nancy re- recently. Yeah. That's another another great um, shows us how much people like the national team. We almost sold out against Nancy. That was a scrimmage game in February, and we had yeah. twelve hundred people. So um, no, we I have great contact with those guys. Nancy, the coach is a friend of mine. I head up there for every second week to see practices. We have Trier. We have. Uh, Strasbourg, we have good relations with Bayern Munich, with Alba Berlin. So there's a lot of uh, close, good basketball teams, and yeah, we there's we, you know it. The social media today it's not good always but for those things it's for, uh, for, for, content. for networking it's great obviously. yeah yeah absolutely I you, mean, get, you can get away with spelling mistakes and things on, on why are you looking at me when you say that huh because I, I watched that I saw the message that you wrote to Ken there's loads of spelling mistakes <laughs> that was me that was my uh, social media manager autocorrect <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly chat, chat BT or whatever you call it what, what is it you love chat GBT um, when uh, so so the the major championships is that the world championships in basketball, yeah, it starts as, as a national August. team. And when is that? Every year, or is that every couple of years? Every couple of years, yeah. Okay, I would say the basketball. The biggest event is the Olympics. You know, like yeah. the, for the Americans, they bring the big boys out for the Olympics. For the World Cup, they have the, a good team, but the Olympics is always the that would be the everyone wants a kudos to go into something like that. Games, yes, yeah. Is, what's the qualifier? How, how does Luxembourg get into the Olympics? <laughs> almost impossible there's only four teams from Europe ago so, so it's so very, four, very four European yeah. teams so that's four from each continent is it four from well, each continent f- I believe now correct me if I'm wrong if maybe you know better but the first four of the World Cup are qualified for the Olympics and then they now play pre-qualifying tournaments right now going on in, in Asia in Europe in uh, I think in Australia somewhere and somewhere else and, and then the winner of those also is added to the Olympic tournament so it's a very I think it's only 12 12 teams qualified for the Olympics very, it's pretty, pretty ruthless. Like, for us, yeah, it's tough. yeah, it's impossible. Obviously. Yeah. And so, but then under that, have you got the European Championships as well? Yeah. So in in the grand scheme of things, where like is it a huge jump or how how much work or how how many more victories or, or you know in order to get to that level? Well, what are we talking? A couple of summers ago, we were qualified for the second round. So for us, the games you are seeing right now, Croatia slipped down because they lost to Poland. So Croatia is using one of the big guns, but they lost a couple of rounds, so they slipped to Luxembourg and to. Uh, uh, and, uh, and to Ireland so but usually Croatia is with the top dogs and um, we the smaller nations Kosovo, Ireland Cyprus, Luxembourg uh, Norway, uh, Denmark we have to qualify three rounds to qualify for the European Championships which is quite a task yeah so just, let's, let's sorry, sorry to interrupt you I've just got a message that's just come through it says this coach's face looks like a bloody handsome guy I can only see his back on the screens tonight please can you do something about it 
And I, I replied, I see that, but I can't change it. But actually, I can, Ken. I think, you know, I, I think you've got a secret admirer out there. If you don't mind, can we change you over to this side there? Because they want to see you. They will see if you're talking in the eyes. Put on some elevator yeah. music whilst you're moving. Yeah, go on, jump over. They want to see the good look, the good looking face of this guy. And yep, he is as. Um, well, actually, he's winning the hair race as well. He's got he's got more than me. He's he's a little bit taller not as hard. well. He's it's a, not he's hard, a, he's a, So yeah, just sorry. There you go. There you Whoever go. our listener is, there you go. There, there in, go. The, in the man in the flesh. The, huh? the man, there he is. Yeah, perfect. Um, just so if uh, let's say we'd have won, okay, those two games against Ireland, those two games of Croatia, you'd then go up to the next round. Is that is that am I right in thinking that? Indeed. If we'd have won, we would have now played November. That would have been my my wish right so more games for, for me as a coach but uh, we didn't qualify um, so uh, we are off for, for six months so if you're so so you're into that but I guess bec- uh, as a result of not winning that you then go in and you play other things so you are going to get more games but ultimately you want to play as many games as, as possible don't you yeah with me not coaching the league right now I want to coach as much as possible and um, this summer was a lot for me we had um, the small Olympics in Malta yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a good five games and then we had to qualify so we had a bunch of games which uh, made me feel good about my coaching so that was important uh, you guys saw the Bulgaria games as well um, so um, I, you know this summer was fun but now I'm off for, for six months oh, can't complain I got it easier where where did Bulgaria right in the, uh, in oh, the grand scheme of things then well they are playing they're playing for the Olympic uh, qualifying tournament right now getting their butts kicked though but uh, they are Although they are, they are, they're a bit better than we are. As you see, they beat us by, what, 8, 10 points. But we could have beaten them, I think, on a it, good day. It's, but. One, it's one of those things as well. It was, I mean, it was funny. I went down with Stu Logier to watch it and I was like, why why is this not being played at, at the cock? Or why is this not being, you know, why isn't there a big crowd down? It was, it, was, it was busy and it was kind of unannounced because also Bulgaria didn't want the games to go uh, viral because uh, they, they had big games coming up. So there was not big... Uh, oh. We didn't really... Push it that, yeah, that yeah, big, yeah. Okay, okay. You know, so it was more of a scrimmage game. I mean, obviously, you, you, when you talk about the games getting videoed, that's so other teams can do their yes. their scouting reports yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, again, this is where we're completely naive. Again, Coach Carter, we've all seen him. He names uh, all the all the attacking systems and the plays after all his girlfriends and sisters and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> but like, we, you know. If you're 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 coming up with uh, let's say we you know Luxembourg doesn't have the biggest team uh, in the world, so you're coming up against a big physical uh, team to play against. What sort of play are you gonna you know put together, which is going to try and ultimately you want big boys to move around and get them tired out? Yeah, exactly. I think that we're trying to to, to play fast. You know, don't dribble too much. Move the ball side to side. Move the big boys around and attack them uh, with speed. Uh, that's the key. We have nobody big right now. We have one kid who's seven feet tall, but he's quite young, Lou. So um, oh, he's the big. Uh, big fella. He came in and played pretty well again. He's uh, um Croatia big, like thick burger accent. We spoke. He was the last bloke we spoke to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. He's he's massive. I mean, he's what's he? Two meters twelve. Two twelve. Yeah. I mean, so he's big, <laughs> big kid. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah. But um, okay. And then I guess different. Um, and that's the beauty of coaching is different coaches have different tendencies, different styles, and stuff like that. So you're. I mean, as a coach, you're trying to implement these plays, but is that something you're you're looking at as well when you get guys in? I mean, if they're not going to run what you ask them to run, there's almost no point in <laughs> in having them there. Or would you try and accommodate if you had a superstar who could do whatever he wants? Or? There's a fine line between letting them play and then calling the play when you have to. And I think that's uh, my guys, they know me for long enough to know when I want to play call and play ran. And when we can run and play fast, we got to do that first. That's always, if we have something easy, an easy basket and fast break, 
we'll take that. If not, we set up the play. And there's always the point guard. Philip, for example, he has good eye contact with me and then we, we exchange signs and we have um, plays that we run. Very good. So he's like the he's like the little master, you, sticky, um, isn't he? He's, uh, <laughs> I, you know, if, if we were to, if we were to talk to the players, are you, you know, what what sort of you know what sort of coach are you? Do you do you put your arm around them and have a, a good chat with them, or do you just give them? Uh, you look like you've got a good death stare on you. you know, do, you, do, do you ever do you ever give think, that to any of them? I think I can do both. I'm not the, I'm not a yeller. Yeah. You know, I'm more of I think I I think my players like to play for me. So. But I'm not a complete asshole. But I'm also need things to get done sometimes. That's, that, right? that's what so it is, that's isn't it? Where it is, right? Gonna, it's the balance. It's the balance, though, isn't it? Because some guys you, you can scream at, can't I'm you? Tell you something. Now, if you, when you get home, go onto YouTube and and and, and type in Rodan O'Gara. Okay. Okay. Because he just had one of the best rants of all time. Have you seen it, Scott? When he talked to us, La, La Rochelle. Yeah, and in, in in French, but in, in a really in thick French, Cork accent with as the, well. The strongest. Mm. Irish cork accent you can imagine and it was a beauty mm. okay take what you like out yeah. take what you like out of it throw away the rubbish but that was up there it's with a good one, one of the, yeah. it's up there with one of the better yeah. ones Ryan O'Gara Larish yeah. Lara rugby so just just jumping back but you can that, I mean that's coaching isn't it some people you put your arm around some people you can give the, the Alex Ferguson the hairdryer treatment here's a funny one for you if you're playing away and like let's let's say it as it is the referee's never wrong you know <laughs> is he well. <laughs> you know we've got to uphold standards here but you know I mean if you, you if you go at the referee nine times out of ten you know it's going to reflect badly on you you can get a technical against you can't you and stuff like that would you ever go at him in Luxembourgish so he couldn't have a clue what you're actually uh what, well, what I think as a, as a coach, if things don't go your way, you want the ref to let to, to let let him know that you know that he might want to give you a technical just to change the dynamic of the game a little bit. So sometimes you're trying to get a technical, so they think, okay, the coach is mad. We got to give him a few calls. So that's um, but yeah, we do talk in Luxembourgish. Like our players communicate in Luxembourgish, so nobody understands what they are saying. That is that is the thing, actually. Very yeah. good, very good. I'm just sorry, Nathan, just jump in now. Just going back to that, which game was it when you actually called for like the video yeah the video yes. yeah it was that was here against uh, that was against uh, that was against Croatia, Croatia. yeah oh, now that yeah. was really interesting because I've not seen that but um you get one you get one challenge yeah yeah challenge yeah video only the last two minutes so it's just it's, it's very difficult you know we don't have the the VAR cameras. we don't more. have it in Luxembourg League so this is for international feedback competitions you gotta have it and this was a situation where um, the shot clock you could not challenge a foul this was like a shot clock violation. Uh, the buzzer sounded, the 24 second shot clock. I thought it was late. The ref, the ref thought it was in time. And like you always, like you just said before, the ref's always right. So yeah. did, Sticky, did Sticky give you a wink as well? Did <laughs> he give you a wink as well? I, said, I, I, I think, have a go at that, boss. I don't think so. I think it was a band, but he gives me a wink all the time. So <laughs> I don't know. You've got to keep picking him then, <laughs> if he's like that to you. I want to talk about a little bit about the referees that you just um, highlighted there, um, Scott. Uh, Mikhail Vangelovsky, do you know him? Yeah, Mikhail, I do. Mikhail, yeah. I, I'm Incredible guy. He yeah. was he, mm-hmm. like really. He loves a bit of boxing. He was training with James Kent, a good friend of mine. Oh, ours you're obsessed with his arms, aren't you? You're always oh, talking this about big guy his arms. Is strong as a as strong as an ox. I tell you what, you wouldn't be yelling and screaming at Mikhail. He's a, he's a solid guy. But he, 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 I was working with him for a period of, for for a couple of years. Absolutely top top guy. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was going and doing his coaching badges, he was telling us about how strict the uniforms are. With the referee, with the referee. Forms. Now, when we went to turn up the referee, uh, when we saw the referee, he said, "Geez, the referees tonight got their trousers pulled up a little bit high." But and yeah. I said, is, is, it, "Is it true they have to 
They have to keep them well. They have to keep tucked in. They can't be. I don't know that. I mean, I have never really. Uh, they always wear black, black shoes as well. They do. They have to. That's the rule, I think. Uh, black trousers, black shoes. Must be yeah. sweating. They change outfits. Serious, oh, huh? they must sweat. Yeah, they change outfits though. So uh, he's uh, he's a good he's a good ref actually. Uh, so he's a top referee. Yeah. I never forget one time he told me when he came back. I said, "Oh, how, how was your weekend refereeing?" And I said, "We couldn't remember. It was sometime some many years ago." He said, "Oh, it was a, it wasn't so good. I got I got whistled out there, and when I when I went out to my car, it had been keyed." <laughs> Yeah. I said, nah, rubbish, mate. No way. Yeah. But yeah, fair dinkum. It got. That's true. Yeah. Like, people are very rough with referees over here. So I think it's, you know, and if they lose, they always blame it on the referee. That's give, him, the give, give that, give the that bloke the know. whistle. Give the bloke they've given exactly. the key. Give it's the Said we'll ask a couple of awkward questions here. One's just <laughs> popped into my head. Uh, what, what do you make of the, uh, the situation that happened in the semi finals of the ladies, you know, where your man forgot to, somebody forgot to press a button for a basket and Ooh. stuff like that? <laughs> That's a subject for the whole show, I think. <laughs> you know, so, um, I mean, there's different takes. Obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the decision was made by, uh, yeah, by by the responsibles that the game is not replayed. You know, um, I I do think that uh, the whole dynamic of the game changed when the basket wasn't counted. So, in my opinion, it could have been replayed as well. So, but either way, you know, like uh, I think. Um, it was not good for not, not good publicity for our for our sport. That is for sure. We, uh, we have not a saying. Really, yes, but no. You're yeah, right. It, it wasn't. wasn't it it was in the news a lot, I guess. But exactly. I mean, I wouldn't say it's. it's you know, no. No one has really made done a crime here. No. You know. So, but at the same time, you know, everyone. A lot. A lot of people are talking. I had people at, at yeah. work asking me, or oh, do you, do you know any inside? Uh, Let me ask so, you. What do you What do you think? Let me ask you back. I mean, I I would have replayed the game. I think both yeah. teams would have, from an outsider. But you okay, played. If you that- ask me, if you ask me my honest opinion. Yeah. I wasn't happy with the culture of of Grenovald. I, I did, he he made a couple of comments afterwards oh. that I felt were a little 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 bit off. Yeah, that's... and the other thing is the coach of uh, Dudelange. He was he was actually teaching my daughter at the time at school, so, yeah, so he took his side. Okay, yeah. I so, that, I took, so, so I took Jerome's side. Jerome side. Yes, but who you know? The thing <laughs> is, you know, if he if he knew that they had too 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 many points on the board. He could have also stepped in and said, "Listen, you know, like because the coach, you know, the scores. So you could have said, listen, we have too too many two points on that on that scoreboard, and then we would have resolved the the the, the scoreboard at halftime or something. So that would have been a part. But you see, there's so many things right now, you know, and also Gringewald and Dudelange are the arch rivals in women's basketball. So it was a lot of hatery, you know, around well, the that's coaches. A good thing. That's what. Guess what game we're going to go to next year." Gringoval Dudelange exactly yeah. Guess that's the it's game good but it's it's you know like I said you know like it's the whole situation you know was kind of blamed on the federation it wasn't really our fault because we, we didn't make the mistake it was the table officials you know that made the mistake you know sure. so it's not it's not like we did our president did anything wrong you know we were blamed for it which was in my opinion completely unfair now the yeah, situation yeah. was yeah. bad yes um, I think if you ask uh, around you know like uh, replay the game valid game you know everybody has his, his own opinion but um, yeah I mean just not a great situation ah, right next awkward question <laughs> now, <laughs> you got lined up have you, um, you <laughs> do you know Billy McDaniel do you recognise him very well yeah. so I'm lucky enough to teach with Billy what a gent absolute guy, bloke yeah. what an absolute he, he bloke says, he's at St George's yeah, isn't he yeah mate you, we, we always talk about um, 
You know, when you, like, if you ever chat to anybody from India and you get them talking about cricket, oh my goodness, you've, you've never seen anything like it. But I would go in and be like, oh, I saw this reel the other day and I talk about the basketball, but we'd only get about two minutes to talk and then I'd have to go and take my class and he'd take his. And it was when the guy Zion Williamson, um, he was playing for Duke, Duke University, or sorry, Duke University, and he, he like slipped and ripped his... Um, ripped his shoe and like injured his ankle and then basically didn't play in the match because he was injured and uh, so I was chatting to Billy about this and he was like oh man the the stock from Nike went down off this like the an- the animation and the excitement just talking about this and he just yeah knowledge man but and he can just hit you with his stats and stuff very very uh, you know I coached him cool. right for, for six years oh really he was my player yeah Oh, I'll have to what, do, club, uh, what club was Bill? Steinzel, yeah, Steinzel. We, we, okay. yeah, we won six titles together. He's probably the best player I coached. Wow, he's a very good player. But he, well, he said when he came over, obviously he's a, he's an old war horse now, isn't he? He says, he's, haven't they gone back up to the first division? Yeah, I said I to him, he's like, yeah, yeah we don't want to go up because <laughs> he keeps adding on another year to play and stuff. But um, I was chatting to him, and he, when he came to Luxembourg, there was basically you could have only one one pro or one overseas player isn't it now we are reliably informed what is the rule in luxembourg is it two or is it three or how does how does it's, that the rule is three so you can have three but there was a gentleman's agreement that everybody has two americans but the rule is nine plus three so nine locals and three foreigners if you want to put it or non non-luxembourgers and, and- and you, as the coach, do you think that's a good thing, or would how, how would you? If I mean, if you could change something in the domestic league, what would, would it be? If I would change it. I would always want to have three passports on the floor. So I would always like to have three Luxembourgish passports on the floor. You oh, can have that's a cool one. Yeah. That's a cool you one. Know, if you would have, you can you can have a you know a pl- a players from different countries. But I would like to have three passports on the floor just because we don't have that many basketball players, you know, and I need my national players to get some, some minutes. You know, so I need, yeah, you so. need, they need exposure, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, that, and that's the other thing as well with a sport like basketball. I mean, it's not like in football where you obviously have 11 players or even rugby right. where you've got 15 players. You've got a couple of pros in there. Of course, it's going to make a difference. But, you know, if you have three three overseas guys on the court, they're essentially, they are going to dominate the yeah, play. That's just the way it is, isn't it? So that's, oh, that's, that's quite interesting. But, um, oh, that was going to be my, my one rule. So you would say have three, three passports on the passport on the foot. Three homegrown players, let me put it like that. Homegrown yeah. who grew up here and uh, who, who learned basketball in Luxembourg. I would like to have three of these in the, on the floor. How many, how many licensed basketballers are in the country? We have about 7,000 licenses, yeah. It's not second biggest federation, you know. Keep in mind, we only have 350,000 passports that's in Luxembourg, so... It's not bad, is it? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's not all serious on this show, as you know. We've yeah. asked you a funny few questions. I've got a f- right. couple of funny ones. Um, I don't want to ask the normal ones first. We'll save them to the end, Nathan. Um, in the current national team squad, who is the worst trainer? The worst trainer? Yeah. They are great, so I don't know. Oh, yeah, the worst trainer. It's good cricketer, this guy. He I just bats it away. Well padded off. I can't go against my coaching staff here. There's, there's, there's no way. But I can tell you But I can tell you what. We were at uh, at the, the vineyard. We were at the cock oh, a few hours earlier before the game, and there was one of the boys in the team who was shooting hoops. Do you remember his name? Yeah, he, when I went Big down there to hit my free throws, he, he left Mate, the court. he well, was, so. but he, <laughs> no, but he was there for a good, he was there for a good hour, hour and a half, just 
Ah, just Malcolm, away. yeah, just yeah. The worst trainer. Well, I think the worst, the worst guy who doesn't want to practice at all was always Bob Melger. He didn't, he didn't like to practice. So he, he was somebody. Does it on the night? He was a gamer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just a gamer. You know, when the game comes, he was ready. You know, but practice was not his thing. It, it's funny uh, that what's just popped into my head. Though, I don't know. I was watching a uh, a podcast about, and they were talking about uh, Matt Gitto um, and Drew Mitchell, and they were talking about how. Now the way the game of uh, all the all the sports have evolved and and become more and more professional, it's almost gone away from from game practice. And there was a guy that used to play for the Wallabies, a uh, back row called George Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, phenomenal, in, incredible, phenomenal, arguably one of the best uh, best sevens. Yeah, right. incredible player. And they said when it came to he he sort of came from that the end of the amateur era into the professional era, and they'd be doing the fitness, and he'd be always. Uh, always at the back you know mm. but it's not that he wasn't fit but if you put if you change the into a game he was first in everything and, and just the way he would run around and this is a bloke who would go out after a match have 20 pints mm. get, oh, why, up at, why differently? Get, get up at 7 o'clock in the morning on Sunday do a brutal fitness session and be like yeah let's go they're yeah. just you know they're just wired differently do you, do you think it's almost becoming too professional with the with the training these days? No I think that we have uh we can do. We can be more professional. I think that we have one of the deficiencies we have is our our athletic ability and also our shooting, and that's that's training, and uh, we need to work on that. But but when you say athletic ability, that also that you've got to have a degree of athleticism as a as a youngster. Do you yeah, know what I mean? I mean Some, we start too late, right? Look at our under sixteen, under fourteen. Those guys, if you if you go to international tournaments, they're just bigger and fitter than we are. You know, and that. Yeah, a bit. A bit. How, okay, I'm going to I'm going to take you a little back. How can these guys be better at a, at a younger age when mum and dad are sitting on the couch when mum's not when mums are not even playing sport? Can yeah, exactly. Mums aren't playing sport. Dads aren't playing sport. What of these kids? How many of these basketballers that you got on your pitch? How many of them were, were basketball? How many of them were in the national team? How many of them mm. were, do, were, were doing on the ground? We're doing the orange. Probably. One or one or two. So it's a. So it's not just changing. It's it's not just changing things. Like now, it's a culture. It takes time. It takes, yeah. takes these next. It takes the the children of Ben Kovac. It takes it Clancy's. Sure. It Clancy's yeah. boy James. It takes all these mm-hmm. all these fellas. You know what all they should these? do. You know what they should do is bring their kids down to Little Lions on a Sunday, oh. and then we and get they, them and, active. And then come and do some top squash stuff with there me on the court. Go. And get now that multi skill stuff going yeah, on. Transferable skills. Yeah. They, That's they, what they it's they all about. Up. I'm going to go just take you back on the hitch. I'm going to see how much you know a little bit about basketball, Ken, the national coach. I've been I've been doing some research with my friends. Playo, do you know who invented the game of basketball? James Naismith. Oh, oh, oh you should have had sound effects on that. He nailed that. Scott, You're taking me a heads up Canadian, before you start. I should have. A Canadian physical education teacher, James Naismith. He's credited to have started basketball way back in the 1890s. Mm. Just want to do to, to, to fill in some uh, to fill in some time. The game actually had baskets, real baskets. Do mm-hmm. you know what baskets they were? Peach baskets. Yeah, I think. Yeah. He is on fire. Mate, it, but you're asking him easy questions and stuff. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Did you know that? But people are worried if you didn't know that. Huh? <laughs> okay, and the spectators would interfere. True or false? Probably true. True. Yeah. Why did they? Why would the spectators It was probably their peach basket, was it? <laughs> the peach baskets were up with them originally, so they were up in the stands. They had to they throw had it in. And, and, of course, and, and then, of course, they had to move it. And that was how the, ba- um, the, uh, the backboard... It came around. Dribbling wasn't a thing. True or false? True. 
True. Yeah. That's a leading question. You're asking it. You got to ask him okay. these close, close questions. Make it hard for him, mate. Okay. Huh? This is 50, All right. 50, yeah. here's, the, here's the last one. Number five. Thanks to player. What What am I asking here exactly? Well, that's what I'm saying. This, this, there's the, there's the information in front of you. Give him an answer from that. It's in relation to free throws. Why Why was it called a free throw? What's the rule? What's the rule now with a free throw? You shoot a free throw and nobody's around you, right? But who 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 throws the free throw? The player who was you got fouled. Yeah, got fouled. yeah. Was it always like that? Well, you see, you've asked an yeah, question, no. so it's obviously <laughs> no, huh? You're babysitting him. Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. You, yeah. you, yeah. you didn't know that, so you got yeah, right. four from no, five. No, I didn't. We're, we're actually putting together a pub quiz team. Okay. And it will get you in for the basketball round. All right? <laughs> no, they could, they could choose anybody until 1960 or 1950. Boys, I'm going to go off tangent here and uh, just quickly, we'll come back to you in a second, Ken. As always, we, we've talked for far too long and don't credit enough of the domestic sport that's going on. Uh, Paulie Kremer obviously did that horrendous uh, challenge out in New York where she went around 20 bridges in 8 hours and 13 uh, minutes absolutely That's brilliant we've got to get Paula back yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we had her on the show before um, obviously in the basketball the women's basketball you've got Grenfell and Doudelange both in the group stages Dillon were in the fourth pot and all faced oh my goodness you've picked a hell of a one Piestanka Kajvi from Slovakia. I'm sure Ben Kovac can help me out on that one next time. Spazirona from Spain and uh, investing from Poland. Isn't it great that we've got two, two, two teams or got the, they've got the finance to be able to go into the in, into the into, into the Euroleague? Very good for uh, Luxembourg basketball. Yeah, very I good. Mean, very positive. Uh, Grenzvold are in pot three and will be going against Tango Borge Basket from France. Uh, KP Tani Borneo from Czech Republic and another qualifier uh, which will either be Sportiva or Antalya. Antalya. I normally let him... you normally yeah. give it to me. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. glad you took that one, mate. Um, the other big one was uh, the Luxembourg Touch. They were out at the European Championships and finished a very creditable fifth place in the men's over 30s behind England, France, Switzerland and Wales um, under the head coach and guidance of Nicolas Matenga. Um, they've obviously been training flat out um, and they, they had a, a camp up at Marcoussi, which is where the French national teams all train. Um, but yeah, they've obviously improved massively and... Uh, you know, it's always good to see. Um, I, I believe people they were there. lucky enough to be with Mr. Touch himself. Well, I think Peter Peter Walters, Peter Walters, oh, really? Peter Walters, yeah. So a, a New Zealand guy who lives out in Europe, and he, he goes to a lot of these events. Yeah. I know they spend a little bit of time with him, so that would be invaluable. Uh, in, in, in As always, um, Touch very very inclusive sport, um, especially with a lot of expats in Luxembourg. And if it is something you want to get involved in, either at a social or elite level, men's, women's, or juniors, um, you can get in comms with them, Luxembourg Touch at gmail.com or you can always hit them up on uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Nick Frank. Thanks for the write-up. Keep doing what you're doing and ultimately getting all those youngsters involved in sport. Ken, here's another serious question for you. Are there any no-nos in basketball? <laughs> like, you know, what would be a no-no in squash, Nathan? Um, no spitting, no biting, no punching. Well, that's obvious. That goes for every sport. But something where somebody does something and be like, yeah, you you don't do that. Like if, if it was rugby, you don't wear and you're a back. 
obviously you've got backs and forwards in rugby. So if you wear nine to fifteen, you don't wear boots that have mm. like the high things. You're gonna yeah, you I'm are gonna, gonna get bullied say, if you wear something I'm like that. that. I know there's a, the, the, um, Adam Peterson who'll be who'll, who'll be listening. We might not be live, but he'll be listening to the, listen to the show for sure. It's the fist pump. <laughs> you've Mate, always hated that. I haven't just, you? It just it just I, I just don't like the fist pump. You know, even in tennis, even when they give it one of these, nah, 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 that's a big niche, niche for me. Yeah. Um, big no-nos as well. I mean, I've had a broken rib, um, and you know, an and elbow to it. I've seen world, world championships. I've seen um, Alex Higgins go down to the floor. You know, you're standing with your squash racket, and someone plays a ball to the front of the court, and he and he and he takes off to get to the front. But Eddie's done it. He's slipped his hand, which is on the grip of his racket, up to the head of the racket. And as he's gone, he's gone backwards. So he's given it the... Naughty. Straight into... Dirty tricks, huh? Straight into the where you What, what about go. you, Ken? Any any no-nos in basketball? Just, which, which... Just kicking the ball is always... Uh, nobody wants to see that. You know, at practice, you know, I'll make people run for kicking the basketball in the game. That's uh, pretty oh, like just it. kicking it just off the court. Or, or, okay. yeah, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have like balls. a list in the change room? Ken's rules, do not kick the basketball. No, no, no. But that's I think that's <laughs> common knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that 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 well, I don't know why this comes to my mind is the um is the, it was the All Blacks um no no the no dickheads yeah. right that was kind of the policy so they'd actually have to they'd literally be cleaning yeah. the cleaning the locker rooms you know, the locker rooms and things yeah. like that you got any of the boys out you make sure the boys yeah um, yeah I do like that us to clean our benches after the game and just to you know show some respect towards the people who work there I think that's something that's but I've seen that on the All Blacks as well they clean the locker rooms after every big game that's quite impressive yeah they call it sweep sweep the sheds they call it oh, maybe even helping them out of the tr- out, out of the bus you know you see them the, the big heavy bags mm-hmm. that they got out of the bus they f- the All Blacks form this line I don't think it's they're, they're the only team and they yeah. you know, they're getting all the all so y- you said there if you kick a you know if you're stupid enough to kick a basketball you might get made to run is there any uh, well obviously I love my fitness at the moment are there any brutal sort of fitness sessions where you can be like you know if the boys have messed up badly or not played they'll be like yeah yeah, 9.30 tomorrow, you boys know what's coming. Is there any, any naughty ones out there you can sort of give us a bit of an insight yeah, to? I mean, I can... There's a few... Have you heard of the drill of suicide? So basically, you got to run a suicide in uh, in under 25 or 30 seconds. That's, and what's that's that? Is that's that? the full length of the court. That's the, oh, that's, the quarter. That's free, quarter throw li- free throw line back, half court back, opposite free throw line back, and then opposite baseline back. So that's basically... A, and how many seconds? Under under twenty eight seconds would be would be very hard to do. So you got to run, you got to sprint. Actually, that's something that's a common basketball punishment for the players. Yeah. Suicide, suicide. Yes, we suicide in in rugby. Yeah, we do one where you hit all the lines and right. stuff, and then sometimes you do uh, the um, uh, you'll do a burpee on each right. one and stuff. And it's like anything; you can make it harder and harder. But to be honest, one of the worst ones that we did. Um, for sevens was uh, one of our old coaches, John Flynn. Um, and the drill, for whatever reason, was called a Malcolm. Malcolm. And we were like, is it is it named after um, Malcolm? And then we would joke around that John's name was actually Malcolm and they were like, no one likes you, Malcolm, and stuff. But what you do is you have, uh, you obviously got a line. You, st- you can use this one. This will absolutely ruin the boys next time. <laughs> so you start on your chest and you, on the word go, jump to your feet, you run backwards 10 metres, drop down onto your chest, then run forward 20 metres, down on your chest, and then run back forwards to the middle, down your chest. That's one round, mm. and you go for six. 
continuously um so you do that you normally go you know one works one rest sort of thing do like three or four rounds of it it's absolutely uh yeah it's heading north it's grim it's grim especially if you bring it if people have had a you know if they've had a rough weekend you know you need to get out the system that's always a uh, yeah are there any any other horrible fitness sessions you you think back to yeah i mean you have that brutal drill where you have to do 20 length in a minute actually in two minutes so you've got two minutes to do 20 length of a basketball court which is a lot which is quite difficult you can put benches at the end of the of, of each baseline so you have to jump every time so it makes it a bit more difficult and then everything all defensive practices are always or hard that's a lot of a lot of physical work so because well, i guess you're you sliding yeah you're moving yeah, around move your feet and be quick and uh, talk so yeah. now we asked these questions before but um got ahead of me again yeah we've got it you know these are the important things out there ken in life mm. you know so the first one is if uh, if you had your own way, would you go for the mullet or the moustache? <laughs> I go for the moustache. Go for the moustache? European, very European. Yeah, you're all Europeans. My, my hair doesn't give the mullet away. But so. what if you could grow the hair long? Would you have it oh, long? Oh, of course you can grow it. Like, have the wee, the wee top what? knot, the wee man bun, you know? No, I wish I could grow a moustache. What about, because Kovac Cove, Cove used to have a man bun, didn't he? He used to have the, the top knot. Yeah, I don't know if I, agree, I agreed with that one either. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, Good. you've stuck the moon uh, in there. Well, you hear that, Ben? You, you, you wouldn't give him a bit of stick about that. And what about the uh, the budgie smugglers? You know the the tight speedos yeah. or the long board shorts? Yeah, I gotta go with the board shorts. Yeah, yeah. I can't wear speedos. No, that's not a tash. Get the rig out. Yeah. Tash. Well, I, th- I think I know this answer. Are you in in general your character? Are your socks up, man, or are your socks down? Well, that changed. You know, when I was playing, the socks were down. And how the socks are up, I think, he's, you know. He's a, he's a coach. He's a general man. I know. He's, so. he's a, he's what, about, what about coaching? Do you always wear, because I noticed you were wearing like tracksuit, long pants. Would you always wear a tracksuit or sometimes you wear shorts or? No, we, coaches wearing shorts in basketball would be weird. So, oh, so that's a no-no. That. So that's coaches a no-no. wearing shorts is a no-no in basketball. That's what I think. It's oh, so, yeah. they go sometimes a suit. I don't, yeah. A, a suit. In EuroLeague, you have to wear, you have to wear a suit. But I'm wearing, we have those polo shirts from the national team that we have to wear or we want to wear. And then I got some pants usually, you know, some khakis or something. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. You know, uh, shoes. Do you go with boot? Uh, uh, are they, are they basketball shoes? Yeah, they are sneakers. Yes. Sneakers? Yes. How many sneakers in a year? A lot less than back in the days, so yeah. I would say yeah, probably f- five pair. Quite as I think Ben he he up like twenty. He, he did like twenty pairs. He was a, he yeah, it's not really a surprise. That was it. And uh, we always ask this one: if you could, uh, you know, if they, we were getting announced onto, we, we we actually know the guys at the FLBB, so we can probably arrange this the next <laughs> time you play. You know, when you come out onto <laughs> the court, you know? <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you that. Um, would you? What music would you have playing when you come out? Um. I have the Tiger of Rocky, <laughs> something yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something. Everyone knows it. Everyone, Everyone knows, knows it. Or, yeah, something like some, now, I don't know, Guns N' Roses, something like that, or something. Now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. a bit talking. more your era, isn't it, Nathan? That Certainly. one. Yeah. Welcome to the Jungle. Be a good, oh, nice. Oh yeah, rock that's a belter. Oh, that's a belter. We actually haven't had that one, have yeah. we? Yeah, I'll dig that. That would be my pick, I think. Dig that one out. I obviously, we're in comms with Gav, as we said, and. He obviously had lots of good things uh, to say about you. Do, you. do you return that, you know? Gavin who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it. We can close it. Show jobs are good. Jobs are good. the volunteers, yeah, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last one I want to ask is, um, you know, when you're, obviously, you're, you're playing a game and sometimes uh, the timeout is a big part of the game. So it could be you want to just give your boys a rest, but other times you'll use it sort of tactically to try and take the sting out of the op- opposition, you know, try and slow them down. Have there ever been an occasion where you've been like, you know, because the reason I ask this is because when we were at the Lux Cup final, they project 
um, onto the big screen. So you can see like the coaches uh, are talking to the players and stuff. And I asked Gav this, I said, do you ever get in there and be like, right, lads, here's a deal. I don't actually know uh, what I'm going to say here. So just keep <laughs> nodding and pretending that, I'm, that what I'm saying <laughs> makes sense nice. and we're actually going to get a good break here, you know? Uh, I mean... That never happened to me, but except one time we were playing Sweden a couple of summers ago, we were getting our arses beat and I didn't know what to say. So yeah. we were basically, I took a time out just to, to take a time out, but there was nothing to say. Those yeah. guys were just much better. And um, I just tried to encourage him, you know, and try to just, you know, don't make mistakes. And But I didn't really have, I didn't know what to say. Usually I know what to say, but at that moment it was just a matter of just trying to, the game to end. Yeah. Well, boss. that Ryan O'Gara on YouTube, yeah, mate, yeah. And, yeah, and you'll find some things to say. Well, there, mate, you're, sure. uh, you're doing a hell of a job yeah. um, with the national team. And thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us. We look forward to having, you see, I told you, we didn't have to kick you out after 15 minutes you must have been doing all right <laughs> thank um, you for having me yeah no not at all keep doing what you're doing and, and please stay in comms with us and the last question i'll ask are you one of the ones that steals philip's uh skittles not at all i wish he would eat skittles before the game but uh, <laughs> i mean I, he's a, he's he's, a, he's quite a veteran right now so i cannot mess with his game yeah, routine yeah I said I'd dress up as a giant skittle for the next one. But um, as always, we say a huge thank you to the army of volunteers out there who make our sport in world tick, whether you're refereeing matches, coaching the kids, driving the kids to school, making the sandwiches, whatever you are doing to help them get involved in sport, please keep doing what you're doing. Uh, tomorrow morning, you've got the Sam Steen show from 6am. You've then got the lunchbox with uh, Stephen Steps Low at 12 and Melissa Dalton with the home stretch from 3. You can check out Dave Burrows in his DB3 sessions. And don't forget the hangover show on Sunday mornings with Sarah Tapp. Until then, it is Chur. Chur.